0: Bismillah, Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa ala Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala, amma ba'd. as alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala, wa barakatuh. Kifaharikum, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So today, inshaAllah ta'ala, we are uh, embarking on hadith number 26. It's actually quite similar to the previous hadith, talking about the need to have a sadaqah upon you every day. And this is a really... Interesting Hadith, so let's get right into it. It's in Bukhari and Muslim, it's an authentic Hadith. The Prophet ﷺ says, "كل سلامة من الناس عليه صدقة كل يوم تطلع فيه الشمس يعدل بين الاثنين صدقة ويعين الرجل على دابته فيحمل عليها أو يرفع عليها متاعه صدقة والكلمة صدقة وكل إلى that the Prophet ﷺ says, there is a charity that is upon each and every person, each and every joint of the human body, every day that the sun rises. And then he explains, to judge justly between two people is sadaqah. And to help a man get up on his ride. To either help him ride it or by lifting his luggage to him, to it, to it, uh, lifting his luggage onto his ride, it is also a sadaqah. And saying a good word is sadaqah. And every step taken, taken on one's way to offer the salah at the masjid is also a sadaqah. And to remove a harmful thing from the path or from the road is also sadaqah. So subhanAllah, this is a really beautiful hadith. It is similar uh, to the previous one that we did uh, last week, but you see even more elements of this concept of sadaqah being emphasized. So subhanAllah, it's really a powerful hadith. Why? Because it's implying that even if you're praying your daily salawat, and even if you give zakah, which is your yearly obligation, and even if you're fasting your month of Ramadan, you should have this sense of gratitude that is upon you that makes you want to do more. That makes you want to do do your... And this is interesting, even in non-Muslim culture, you hear people talk like this, they'll say things like, this is my deed of the day, or my good deed for the day you know i remember one time uh me and some friends were walking and some lady said excuse me guys you want to do you want to do, you do your good deed for today and we're like yeah what's up and she said oh do you think you could help me move this and that we said no problem sure thing right so this is an, a a concept that people are familiar with that you know every day you want to sh- uh, you know you want to give back That's another very common theme that you hear amongst non-muslims well i want to give back every day i want to do something where i give back where i do something good so subhanallah this concept of feeling so grateful that you want to go above and and beyond and do something unique each day, something that stands out, not just the routine. This concept exists amongst non-Muslims and SubhanAllah, this exists in our deen in such a beautiful way that the Prophet is teaching us that you want to stand out and do something that is extra. And and, and it's very important to note that he's using the term Sadaqah. Sadaqah meaning a charity. And it's also interesting that there's a different hadith. Just, I think we should uh, go to it quickly because I don't want people to start thinking that Sadaqah doesn't include giving money, right? Because of these these hadith, they kind of imply that do this, do this, do this, and this is all sadaqa. And then someone might think that I don't have to give money. But in a different hadith, the Prophet addressed this issue. In fact, the Prophet said, "Ala kulli muslimin sadaqa." قَالَ يَعْتَمِلُ فَيَنْفَعُ نَفْسَهُ ويتصدق. That the Prophet said what? what? He said give, giving sadaqah is essential for every single Muslim. Then it was asked to him, what if you don't find any means to give, like if you don't have enough money to do so? The first thing the Prophet said in response was what? Then let this person work with his with his hands. Let him work with his hands so that he will benefit himself and then he'll be able to give sadaqa as well and then the hadith goes on to say well what if the person doesn't have the means to do so and then the Prophet goes on and says well you can give sadaqah in different ways so the point that I'm trying to get at is we should never forget the monetary aspect of giving financially that being said though and this is this is not a replacement of that but that being said let's say you are a generous person let's say you do give regularly You can, there's other things that you can do in addition to that so what does this hadith mention? it says Kullu sulama. this is interesting because, number one, the idea is that every single joint, right? And the idea is that, number one, pay attention to the creation. Obviously, if we didn't have joints that moved, then we would be, just be frozen, we wouldn't be able to move at all, we would die, essentially. So, the very fact alone that you have joints means what? It re- represents and points specifically to your mobility and your ability to act and move, and this is something that you have to be grateful for. This is also something that you need to marvel over. This is, subhanAllah, a beautiful hadith describing what? the idea that we have so much good that has been done to us in terms of our health, we need to reciprocate in kind and be grateful. Also, the fact not only that we have these gifts, but that we are constantly being preserved in those gifts. It's not enough to say, I'm grateful that I have these gifts, but every day that they're not being injured or that you're not sick, this is something to remember as well. But what's also interesting is the fact that a joint in Arabic, when it comes to just like the joints that you move with, is called a mafsid. Mufsil is a joint. So why the term sulama? When you go into, uh, you know, the dictionary, al-ma'ani, for example, you find, a sulama, yani, asabi الأصابع في اليد والقدم. So specifically, that sulama is a specific reference not to joints in general, but to the joints that are specifically in your hands and in your feet. Now this is really interesting, because the previous hadith, and many other hadith like it, talk about the joints in general, the joints of the body so you can move. And usually think of the bigger, or, or you could also say the fact that you are healthy, the fact that you have brain and lungs and a heart and so on and so forth. But this particular hadith is giving us a very, very important lesson, which is what? Never overlook the small blessings. They may look small every time you're able to move your hands. They may look like just tiny little joints that you pay no attention to. Or your feet, the ability the ability to you know, flex those little muscles to control your balance and your movement and so on and so forth. These are things that we forget about easily. We pay little attention to it because we get so used to using our joints in just such a, a reflexive manner. But the fact of the matter is that this hadith is saying, listen, just the same way that these little things can make such a big difference, because think about it, all of your dexterity, all of your ability to grasp uh, and construction, and you think of the way human beings have created such an incredible civilization, it has to do with the fact that what? We can move about in the land with ease and facility, and we have the ability to manipulate things with our hands. So when you think about that, you think, wow, such a small thing that is often overlooked, and yet subhanAllah, it is making such a big difference. So in that same way, I should not forget to do small, good deeds that will make a big difference. And that's exactly what this hadith describes. This hadith goes and talks about small things that you would think are not too significant, but subhanAllah, they make a big, big difference. Just like the same way the little joints in your fingers, small, but subhanAllah, what a difference they make. Same thing in your feet. You know, those little muscles that flex and just keep you balanced. So small, so insignificant that you might think that, oh, I overlook it. But wow, what a difference it makes. So in that same way, do good deeds that may seem small to begin with, but subhanAllah, they make such a huge difference in the end. This is similar to the ayat many ayat and ahadith on this subject like for example in if you should try to count the favors of your lord you would not be able to enumerate them furthermore the prophet says what ni'matani fihi ma minan nas that there are two blessings that many people are deceived into losing many people overlook these things and forget about them what are they health and free time these are the two big blessings when you're healthy you don't think about it only when you're sick, you remember, man. If I was healthy, I would do this. If I was healthy, I'd do that. If I was healthy, I'd do this. Same thing with free time. The moment you get busy, you say, man, I wish I could use my free time for this, that, and the other. But Subhanallah, when you're actually free, you don't think about it. Okay. So, what are the examples of these blessings that the Prophet enumerates? Let's take, a, or excuse me, what are, they, so what are some of the uh, 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 options as to doing charity that the Prophet describes? So, after mentioning the importance of doing charity every day, he mentions, for example, يَعْدِلُ بَيْنَ ithnaini صَدَقَةَ to judge between two people is a sadaqah. Again, something small. Two people are arguing. Most people overlook it. Let's be honest. When you see, unfortunately, I've seen it countless times. Where, and to, to be honest, it kind of makes me annoyed and frustrated when I see this so frequently that two people are in an argument and everybody's like, not my business. SubhanAllah, it is your business. When you see two Muslims that are arguing with one another, you shouldn't feel like it's a small thing. In fact, let, let's, let's look at it this way. If something wrong was wrong with your car, little something was you know busted making noise right wasn't turning on right wasn't turning right whatever the case is if something was wrong with your car you'd be like oh i got to get that checked right away i got to fix that before it gets worse if something was going wrong with your phone oh better fix that before it gets worse it's very serious something was wrong with your laptop do i have to keep going how many more things do i have to enumerate and say if this went wrong or if this went wrong or if this went wrong you would quickly jump into action and yet when it comes to family members when it comes to community members When it comes to the ummah, when it comes to the concept of community, nah, you know, it'll fix itself, I guess. I don't know, not my problem. You know, it's it's no big deal. Why should I care? You know, let them, let them figure it out. I don't have to deal with it. SubhanAllah, why do you jump into, we should feel that same sort of pressure. This is my, this is my ummah as well. This is, I'm part of this ummah. I should feel a sense of responsibility. That I'm part of this community. This is my family. I need to have that sense of responsibility. If I see two people fighting, this, no, no, just the same way I jump into action when it comes to my car or my phone or my laptop I want to jump into actually guys we can't let this ride this is terrible this is a disaster why? because the hearts of the believers are more important than a phone and than a car, right? I hope we have this in our minds subhanAllah let's please think about this and realize this that two people fighting and disunity in the ummah this is what's killing us, literally this is what's killing us this is what is going to compromise your akhirah. how can we think of it as a small thing? So yes, judging between two people, this is a sadaqah. And I know a lot of people, they might say things like this. When you ask them, why don't you like jump into action and want to say, fix the situation, sometimes people will say things like, I might make the situation worse. Right? And that's a v- valid concern. But my question is this. Still, like even after all these, like, like, think about it when you're in high school and you don't really know how to, how to judge between people. You don't really know how to calm a situation down. You only make the situation worse because you're young, you're hot-headed. And you pick sides. You're biased. You don't know the right words. You don't know how to diffuse the situation. Because maybe you're young and immature, right? Let's say you're in grade school or high school, whatever the case is. But sometimes grown adults. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to make the situation worse. You're still going to make the situation worse. You still haven't grown since you were a little kid. You still don't, you've, you've never developed your, your, your skills. The soft skills of, 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 of managing human beings and, and, and judging between people and trying to diffuse the situation. You haven't improved yourself at all. How many years have to go by until you get better at this? You don't find it, it's a little bit embarrassing that you were a kid and you were making the situation worse and you never grew from that, you never trained yourself, you never developed the vocabulary or the patience or the temperament or the attitude to fix the situation. So for your whole life you're just going to sit back and say what? I'm only going to make the situation worse. That's pretty sad, you never you never developed these skills? Are you guys seeing my point? To say, I'm just going to make the situation worse, you really have to ask yourself, how long can I ride this excuse until it gets a little bit embarrassing? Until I can say you know what I can help the situation I'm a I'm a grown adult I can I can help I can help two people say hey what's wrong what's the problem I can listen I can rationalize the situation I can calm people down I can give maybe a few compliments chill the situation out a little bit subhanallah I'm not useless right we should be offended with ourselves when we say these things like oh I can never help a situation I can never make it better I'm only going to make it worse man that's pretty embarrassing come on let's 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 try a little harder khair inshallah what's the next portion wa ayyu rajula الدابته, فيحمل, فيحمل عليها, عليها, فمتاعه, that to help a man concerning his ride, help a man get up on his ride, and helping him to either ride it or by lifting his luggage onto it is also considered a sadaqah. This, you know, is encompassed in the, in, in the Quran. Allah Ta'ala says what? Allah says, and cooperate in righteousness and piety, but do not cooperate in sin and aggression. So subhanAllah, this hadith could be. Uh, you, we could give the similitude of nowadays. You know, you know, you don't see people getting on their horses or donkeys or so forth nowadays. Nowadays, but people getting rides. Hey, I need to go so and so place. Do you think you can help me out? Give me a ride. No problem. Jump in my car. I'll give you a ride. So this is something nowadays. Uh, do you think you can help j- jump? Uh, jump start my car. You know, do you have any uh, spark plugs? Do you have something to help me out or jumper cables? Excuse me, to help me uh, start my car. Uh, or same thing with helping somebody move Natural, you know Oh, don't worry, we'll come by We have a couple of able bodies We'll pack in our stuff in our cars We'll drive it to your new place, no problem So all of this is considered a sadaqah And also this very much relates to the fact That you have your hands and your feet Able to move and grab things So you should do so Then a beautiful, beautiful uh, This is so beautiful al Tayyibatu sadaqah That a good word Simply speaking a good word is sadaqah. This can be in reference to dua. Calling upon Allah and saying, Ya Allah, help me with this, that, or the other. This is, uh, you know, kalimat tayyibah, uh, right? A good word. But also, dhikrullah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, etc. Also what? Responding to salam. Saying, wa alaikum salam. This is, this is also kalimat tayyibah. What else? Dawah. Enjoining the truth, enjoining what is good, and forbidding what is evil. Encouraging somebody. And also advising somebody. Giving sincere nasiha. Encouragement and compliments. And this is, you know, if you don't remember anything from this talk, Just remember this, challenge yourself to say something so nice that inshallah, you see somebody light up. You know, sometimes you say something, and now here's the question. If you don't know how to do that, then you might want to tell yourself, man, I really should. I really should learn how to use my words in such a beautiful way that I can make somebody feel good. If I don't have that skill, again, that's a real problem. And if you do have that skill, but you simply don't do it, what are you waiting for? Does that make sense? What are you waiting for? You can go home tonight, say something beautiful to your wife. Say something beautiful to your children. You can say something beautiful to your friend. You could easily just text somebody. Say, hey, I just want to let you know. You mean a lot to me. I really, I, I, you know, I, it was so great that you helped me out that other day. And mashallah, I know you're always there for me. Say something. What, is it so hard? We know the words. We know how to speak in a beautiful way. This is kalimat tayyibah. So, if we're going to implement this hadith, if, if, if you felt like today I didn't do much today, or any other day of the week, you feel like I didn't do something really significant, then what should you do? You should say, you know what, at least let me do one kalimat tayyibah so that it can cover this sadaqah for the day, inshallah ta'ala. What a beautiful attitude to have. Try to speak. When you speak, when you see somebody, try to say something so nice you see them light up. You have this ability. What do you, why are you holding on to it? It's like you, you know, you're just keeping the bullet in the chamber forever. Why not? Just let it out, you know? Let, let the person, uh, you know, share. Share what you have with the world. Uh, inshallah ta'ala. Like help others and, and, and say something beautiful. You might, you know, change their whole day. You might make them, you know, it might be a really terrible day for them and then you might light it up for them. Subhanallah. Then the next one. وَكُلُّ يَخْطُوهَا إِلَى Every step a person takes when he's off, when he's on his way to the salah, to the masjid, is considered a sadaqah. This is stressing the importance of living close enough to the masjid that you can come there on a regular basis. And so, you know, alhamdulillah, we just have a new masjid built. And I'm hoping that, you know, anybody who's living far away says to themselves, when I get the opportunity, I always want to live closer. This is something that we should make part of our lives. You know, what's the Arabic uh, proverb? A uh, 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 right they say that uh, the neighbor before the house, in other words when you 're looking at a home, you want to think about the neighborhood first and foremost, because even if the house is beautiful if it 's in a bad neighborhood it 's not good right so part of the whole concept of neighborhood is the concept of masjid and this is also stressing the importance of trying to pray in congregation that this is something we want to uh, fulfill and then you meet and removing a harmful thing from the road is also صدخة. now this is really scary. think about this. If each Muslim around the world applied this principle, if we as believers, when we saw something harmful or ugly on the road, whether it be the wind was just blowing and some branches fell down, we say, oh, let me just grab that, throw it out to the side, you know? Or rocks were you know, spread, whatever the case is. If every single Muslim took it upon themselves to do so, then Muslim countries would be the most spick and span, beautiful, pristine, clean, clear, amazing countries, and subhanAllah, they would stand out because of their deen of Islam. Unfortunately, sometimes or in many uh, cases you find that muslim countries are the ones where you see lots of pollution and lots of trash and nobody's picking it up and then you come to non-muslim countries and then you see that mashallah when it comes to uh, littering when it comes to throwing things on the ground they, they have a very strict uh not only rules but also culture so it's not that the rules are constantly being enforced. It's not like the police are giving out fines constantly. Maybe there's a sign that says, you know, uh, littering uh, th- $1,000 or whatever the case is. But how many times does that actually get implemented? Why? It doesn't. And the reason is why. Because there's a culture. And what is the culture? Let's keep our environment clean. Is that part of their deen? Allahu Alam. You can ask them and find out. But it is part of our deen. SubhanAllah. That this is a sadaqah that you're doing. And as a, second, second, a secondary point, it's very important to remember that Picking up garbage is a part of humility. That this hadith is saying, look, no matter who you are, you're not above this act of bending over, grabbing something filthy, disgusting, whatever it may be, uh, on the ground, and saying, you know what, I'm going to take it upon myself to get rid of it. Right. So this is an act of humility as well, and nobody is above it. Now, in some narrations that are similar to this, what you find is at the end of this uh, uh, narration, in different, in different uh, riwayat, in different narrations, you find, وَيُجْزِئُ min dalika kullihi min al-duha, And two that somebody prays right after the sun, uh duha time is about 15 to 20 minutes after the sun came up. So, you know, when Fajr ends, right when the sun breaks, you know, right when the sun hits the horizon and you see that first, uh, you know, the actual the actual sun itself, not just the light of it, but the actual sun, the moment you see a little bit of that sun, that's when Fajr ends, right? So now it comes up for, let's say, 15, 20 minutes, it's been coming up. That now is considered duha time. And at that time, you can pray two or two and then four, two, four, and six, or two, four, six, and eight. So as long as you're praying in units of two, you can go in between two to eight. And this is all considered Salatul duha. Now, this is so beautiful that if you want to cover yourself for sure, what can you do? You can say, I'm going to pray my two raka'ah of duha, or four, or six, or eight, and that's going to cover me for the day, inshallah ta'ala. It's going to be my sadaqah for the day that's going to cover my whole body, bi ta'ala. So this is a beautiful hadith. Now, why is this such a beautiful sunnah or practice to uphold? because wallah ta'ala Adam, it seems that it creates a schedule in your life and what is that schedule you wake up in the morning nice and early and you go to the masjid for salat al-fajr after you've prayed fajr in the masjid you sit here and you go over quran as we know in surah al-isra allah mentions that the quran uh, that is at fajr is mashhuda right it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a witness time it's a blessed time going over the quran in the early morning first thing in your mind when your mind is fresh when you have just woken up one of the best things you can do as a habit is to fulfill your wird your daily reading at that early morning time. That's how you start your day, the, with the Qur'an. So, you prayed your Salat al-Fajr in the masjid, you go over Qur'an until 15 minutes after the sun has risen, you pray your duha and then you conclude your Qira'ah, you conclude your reading of the, uh, for the day, and then you can go to work. Imagine if you want to have Barakah in your day, now you've fulfilled your Fajr. You have fulfilled your Wirdh, you fulfilled your Fajr in the masjid. You fulfilled your Wird, which is your daily Qur'an reading, your hivs or your, or your reviewing, or whatever the case is, Muraja'ah, etc. And then, also, you have fulfilled your charity for the day so that your joints are covered, inshallah ta'ala, because you prayed. And then, you haven't even gotten through your day. I mean, just it's just starting, you have the rest of your day to do whatever you want. But you start with so much Barakah. So this is a beautiful, beautiful habit. And the last point that I'm going to make, inshallah ta'ala, is What? that, in conclusion, that uh, 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 this hadith, if you pay attention, you'll notice that there are so many things about interacting with people. Saying a good word to somebody else, right? Helping somebody up on their ride. Removing something so that the community around you, whoever they are, Muslim, non-Muslim, doesn't make a difference. You just don't want people to be harmed. You just want to benefit society, right? So all of these ideas are implying what? That the Muslim is not somebody who practices monasticism or seclusion or renounces the world in such a way where they think that, you know, getting away from every human being is somehow extra-religious. We don't believe in becoming like a monk, living, you know, completely detached from everybody. Except in times of fitna, that's a whole different question. Uh, you know, uh, escaping from, you know, let's say turmoil and war and etc. Yes, okay, that's fair. But in terms of, uh, you know, in regular day life, you want to be part of your community so that you can improve and better your community and be a contributing member to society. And so, we should remember that even though Ali ibn Talib, he made a beautiful quote when he said, يَا دُنْيَا غُرِّي غَيْرِي قَدَ It's a beautiful quote. It's part of, a, I think, I believe it's part of a larger poem. But anyway, Ali ibn Talib, who oh, he was known for his beautiful quotes and proverbs and sayings, what did he say? He said, Oh dunya, deceive somebody else. I've divorced you three times. In other words, there's no return. And now, some people may hear this and think, Oh yeah, I should get away from the dunya and just seclude myself and stay away from human beings. No. Clearly, he was not somebody who did that. Clearly, he was very involved in, obviously, politics. He was very involved in his community and so on and so forth. What does he mean? He means, I have no love or desire for worldly pursuits. I have a desire to chase the akhira through my interaction with society. So we have to take these words and not think of them as isolationist, as seclusion, Rather, we should think of ourselves as, you know, uh, uh, zuhad or zahidun, right? Somebody who has zuhud. Zuhud is what is uh, is asceticism to 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 renounce worldly pleasures. But that doesn't mean you're not interacting with society. You're still very much in of society, but you just don't chase after material possessions. And that should be that distinction needs to be made. So, inshallah, with that, we will close, and I will open it up for comments and questions. Inshallah, ta'ala, may Allah ta'ala make us of those who can give charity uh, every day. In many different forms. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Zamna alaykum wa rahmatullahi